0: Hey there, it's Rebecca. I'm coming at you from San Francisco, the headquarters of Dating in the Bay. And just want to hop on here and let you know that I'm going to be your main host moving forward. Sarah will be joining as a guest from time to time. And on this podcast, we're still going to be talking about all things modern dating, relationships, love. I have some awesome guests in the pipeline that I've been working on for some episodes and I can't wait to share them all with you. So stay tuned for more. This is a podcast for all my single ladies. Cue the laughs, life lessons, and all things love. Welcome to Dating in the Bay. Now, let's get to it. All right, welcome back to another episode. Today, I'm interviewing Erica, and she's a dating coach and a dating expert, and I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. And I'm starting every episode now with answering a listener question. So, if you have a question that you want me to answer, just shoot me a DM on Dating in the Bay Instagram and I'll answer it here. So, this week came from a listener who wrote, What do I do when an introverted guy teases me, but he hasn't asked me out yet? It's been over eight months. Well, I would recommend asking him out. Ask if he wants to hang out. It's really simple, really low stakes. All you have to do is say, Hey, do you want to grab a drink sometime? Or do you want to go to the park and have wine and snacks? And yeah, He could say no, and then you're gonna be totally fine and you'll move right along. And best case scenario is you go and you have a great time and you go again. So it's really simple. I think sometimes we're so afraid of rejection and getting hurt that we kind of shut down and put up walls. But I think all these little acts of bravery can really start chipping away at those walls. And I think that you obviously are interested in this person and he might have a crush on you. It sounds like he probably does, but it's a little bit shy. And now, the listeners and I were all pretty invested in the situation, so please report back. All right, I'm super excited for you guys to hear the conversation that I had with Erica. Erica Etten's the founder of A Little Nudge, a consulting company that helps people navigate the world of online dating from first click to first date. She's the author of the book Love at First Sight and the co-host of the popular dating podcast, So We Met Online. Erica studied economics at Cornell and received her MBA from Georgetown. She started A Little Nudge in 2011 and is responsible for many relationships, marriages, and the confidence some people need to get out there. A Little Nudge has been featured in media around the country, including the New York Times, the Washington Post, NPR, CBS, and Ask Men. And she currently writes a weekly syndicated dating column. So without further ado, here is my conversation I had with Erica. Enjoy. Welcome to Dating in the Bay. Thank you. (laughs) We had some technical difficulties getting to this point, so I'm excited that we made it work. And I'm really excited to have you here for a number of reasons especially after listening to your podcast, I feel like you guys have, I don't know if you've gotten this before, but like low key Seinfeld, the are and then the guy is Jerry. Vibes, have you gotten that
1: before? We have gotten that before because like, I mean, sometimes, I mean, not, not too often, but sometimes we go off on tangents just about like a random thing in the story we're talking about. Like if, if we're talking about a story about ghosting, but maybe someone was like eating a slice of pizza, we'll talk about the pizza, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, we true. talked about Subway sandwiches for a whole episode. So. I, I listened to that one.
0: <laughs> I mean, I sort of love that one. It was really good. And also, it also reminded me of Curb Your Enthusiasm as well, because when you told the story about the kugel and the pan, <laughs> yes. can we just start with that story? Just. I want you to tell it for everybody because I think it's so funny.
1: Sure. So a number of years ago, I don't know, I met someone online and we had agreed to meet on a Sunday at 3 o'clock, which is not a a time I would normally do, but I I may have been in business school at that time. and was busy during the week, whatever it was, Sunday at 3, fine. So we picked this cafe, I guess, that's like a – it's a coffee shop – maybe like central perk. <laughs> it's a coffee shop, but you sit on couches and everything and it's very cozy. And so I get there at 2:59 and which I was very proud of myself for getting there on time. And I see someone at a table who looks like my date, but he has a cup of coffee that he's already like half of it's gone already and he's focused on a computer. And I'm thinking I think that's my date. It looks like my date, but why would he be, you know, so engrossed in his work and have already had coffee? So I I go up to him and I ask, are you Adam? And he says, yes. So he had just gotten there early to get work done, I guess. So, you know, I was a little annoyed because I thought he could have put his work away, maybe started fresh with me. And then when the server came, I ordered a latte and... When the check came, it was just my latte on there. Like apparently Adam had already ordered, paid, settled up. He made no effort. And look, I'm not entitled. Who's to say? Who should pay? But in this case, he did ask me. And I was a little peeved that he had basically had the entire date with himself first. (laughs) And I was just an afterthought. (laughs) But the conversation on the date somehow started with holidays and then Jewish holidays and then favorite... Foods and one of my favorite foods to make is kugel, which is like a you know it's like a Jewish noodle pudding. It's so good! It's so good. Well, it depends on. There's so many different kinds, but I make my grandma's recipe, which has it's very sweet, has pineapples and raisins and apricots and delicious. So much sugar and butter, and I mean that's what I'm, I'm hungry. It. I know I want it now too. Sorry, I didn't bring some <laughs> over the whole class, but. So we're talking about kugel and he goes, kugel is my favorite food. And I'm thinking, really? Like whose favorite food is, kugel? but that's cool. So he says on our second date, you should come over and we should make kugel. And I'm thinking, have I agreed to this second date? But all right. Like conversation was fine. He was cute. So the second date rolls around and he tells me in advance, you know, I don't really have any baking dishes. Can Can you bring one with you? okay, I guess like you're a bachelor, fine. So (laughs) I show up and we go food shopping together and we get the ingredients for the kugel and we get back. And I had assumed he would have like dinner. Like kugel is not a meal. Kugel is a side dish, maybe a dessert. Kugel does not a meal make. And so, (laughs) so we make the kugel in my baking dish and I need sustenance. So like I eat more Kugel than I had ever eaten in my life in one sitting because I was hungry, you know? And so, yeah. yeah. So the date was fine. I mean, I don't remember much else about what we talked about. I do remember we made out a little on the couch and I assumed we were going to go on a third date. And then I never hear from the guy again, which is fine because he had a few strikes against him. But he had my baking dish (laughs) because I left the leftover couple there. So I'm just like, that's annoying, but I kind of forgot about it. Okay. So, you know, I go about my business, I live my life. A year and a half later, (laughs) I'm at this happy hour, and out of the corner of my eye across the room, I see Adam. Yeah, I remember everyone. So I recognize him. And he comes up to me and he has this very confused look on his face. (laughs) And he's like, I think I know you. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think we went out a few times, you know, a few years ago. I didn't want to like completely throw him under the bus, but come on. He's like, well, what's your name again? <laughs> Erica, you're Adam, right? Yeah. And then You can see the gears turning in his head as he's like trying to place me and trying to figure it out. And then he goes, hold on. I think I have your baking dish, <laughs> and I just look at him and I go, "Keep it," and walked away.
0: <laughs> I think that's like the best story. I just imagine Larry David just yes. creating just an entire episode on the Kugel and the pan.
1: <laughs> you, would, you would you could just have a field day with that. You're it's absolutely so right. I feel like it could be staged. Like we could have like reenactments of it. Oh, totally.
0: You could. I think you could probably pitch this to him, like in pandemic life.
1: <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> I mean, I wish that guy well. I probably couldn't pick him out of a lineup today. Poor Adam. And I hope he's. I hope he's still using my dish in good health. <laughs> Honestly, I
0: also can't believe that he didn't offer to give you the rest of the kugel to take with you.
1: I can't believe I didn't insist on taking it. I have no idea. I chivalry a lot of things don't make sense to me (laughs) about this
0: story (laughs) i've been thinking about this story just a lot i don't know why. it's just been really (laughs) permeating my brain a lot i have i have no idea yeah i I think i'm just always hungry but as
1: i say every bad date is a good story such good stories can't make this
0: (laughs) up okay so before we get into the actual things on my agenda i have a nerdy question for you So I read that you were an economist for a long time, and then you switched over to this. And I was thinking about all of the potential overlap, like supply-demand. How did that happen? And what kind of parallels are there? Because I, I foresee a lot of... I feel like also, this is not related, but secure men are so rare that it's kind of like a rare market
1: opportunity. And then there's like arbitrage. I feel like just there's a lot of potential. I love it. I I feel like we just had Econ 101 here. (laughs) That made me really happy. Well, I would say the overlap in the Venn diagrams for me between online dating and economics for me was a spreadsheet. So I worked in finance for over seven years. I studied economics, got my MBA, but I was not happy in my job. I mean, I couldn't there sitting in a cubicle anymore. Sort of on on you know, separate and apart from that, I had been a really early adopter of online dating. I started in in two thousand one. <laughs> Nobody did online dating in two thousand one, except I did. <laughs> and my parents, of course, were like terrified. Like you're going to meet a crazy person, or or worse, <laughs> someone who's not Jewish. <laughs> but i did it on and off over the years and i i started a spreadsheet for myself initially i started it because i didn't want to accidentally write to the same person twice but then i was like i can i can track things in here i can measure things what's my response rate when i write to someone What's my conversion rate? If he writes back, do we go on a date? And I would make little tweaks here and there, like shorter messages. Does that give me a better response rate? Things like that. More pictures, fewer pictures. And I was improving my results. So then my friends started asking me, like, what are you doing that I'm not? Help me write my profile. I've always loved writing. And that's not, I certainly didn't get to do any creative writing in my former job. And so I started helping my friends and loving it. And sort of on the one side, I was I was not content in my job, and on the other, I was doing this and really enjoying it. So, in early 2011, I quit my job and started a little nudge. Wow! Well,
0: I also <laughs> have a confession that I also had a spreadsheet where I was tracking. this. Yes. <laughs> um I hey, last year that's a smart thing I, to do. <laughs> I guess maybe two years ago, I started this spreadsheet where I would. Lit, it was only tracking my dates from my first date to second date conversions. And then I would track if I got the third. And then I was also tracking the locations of new bars that I wanted to go to and ones that I would suggest in, based on different areas in San Francisco. Because I had a different spreadsheet on all these places I wanted to try. That was pre-pandemic days. So I definitely understand and appreciate that. That's really cool.
1: <laughs> Thank you. I tend to get along with other spreadsheet
0: people. No shame. <laughs> no, definitely not. So we're in this pandemic of dating, just this like slugging through. I feel like initially some people were kind of giving up on dating because they were like, oh, I'm just going to wait till this is over and then I'll get back out there. And then me, I was like, oh, I'm just going to figure this out and kind of paddle through. And then now I've kind of been like, wait, this, I'm not actually having that much fun doing this. So I'd love to kind of hear your, what you're seeing as trends and best practices and kind of what you'd recommend to people who either haven't been dating or ones who are and are kind of burned out like me.
1: Sure. So, I mean, like you said, when this first started in March, at least started with things shutting down, all of my clients went on hold because we all thought this would blow over really quickly. I don't think anyone thought we would still be having this conversation now. But gradually, when when we could see that there wasn't an end in sight, my clients, week by week, came back one at a time until everyone was back because not only is online dating a great way to meet people, right now, it's sort of the only way to meet people. So if you wanna get out there, you're not going to a bar, You know, you're not going to a restaurant to meet people. You have to do online dating. So I'm certainly giving advice that I never thought I would have to give, like how to have a successful Zoom date, which you can well, you can see me. I'm I'm not practicing what, <laughs> what I preach right now because the quality of my webcam isn't good right now. But you know, we talk about lighting, we talk about angles, we talk about backgrounds. You can really you can put something in your bed or or use a background that's interesting. Like you have an interesting piece of art behind you. I could ask about, I have a picture I took from Bryce Canyon behind me that you could ask about. So I've been giving that kind of advice, which <laughs> I never thought would <laughs> be a thing, you know, zoom dates. That's, you know, six months ago, I I would have rolled my eyes at you. Yeah. And so, I mean, pandemic or not, online dating can be overwhelming for a lot of people. It can get frustrating. It can get tiring. But I consider it sort of like, I like to break things down into smaller steps. I think a lot of people tend to get overwhelmed when they only think of the final outcome. I mean, I had a potential client call me today. And the first thing out of her mouth was, can you find me a boyfriend? And I said, no, no, I cannot. But I can help you use the tools to your advantage to find a boyfriend. And so when you break it down like that, you know, the work you put in, you will get out. And so, you know, I I try to just distill it down into steps for people and and say, like, just like if you were were searching for a job, you'd put together your resume, you'd send it out to a bunch of places, you'd go on interviews. And if you didn't get those, you wouldn't say, guess working's not for me. (laughs) No, you would do it again. (laughs) Totally. So
0: wait, talk to me about angles.
1: Oh, well, so you never want the camera coming from below because then you can sort of see up your nostrils. So you either want to just look straight on or a hair up. So I'm not doing it right now, but I, I often put a few books under my laptop just so I can make sure I'm looking straight or just slightly up just because it elongates everything. It eliminates double pins. Yeah,
0: I have, I have some books under my
1: exactly lighting, the lighting should be coming from in front of you, not behind you. So if you have a window behind you, you end up looking like just a shadow. Yeah. So put the window in front of you. I use a um, a little ring light I bought online, but it just lights you from the front if you don't have a ton of natural light where you live. So things like that, that I had to learn too, because I had been doing some Zoom calls, just like all of us had done a few, but... When it became not only how people date, but also how I work with people, I had to make sure that I knew what advice to give. Yeah, that makes total sense.
0: And are you also dating or are you
1: in a relationship? I date sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I've had the business for nine years, so I've been in every stage of everything. Nine years is a long time. So, you know, I've been in relationships. I've been out of relationships. You know, I'm I'm certainly not immune to a relationship ending just like anyone else, but I do use the tools that <laughs> I have to. I mean, I might as well. I'm an expert at them, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> okay, then I you know, can
0: also relate to what everybody else is going through.
1: Well, that too. I have empathy that I couldn't have if I've never been through stuff through a breakup. So like I wouldn't wish heartbreak on anyone, obviously, or myself, but I am glad I've been through those experiences to sort of yeah to relate to clients better and to have to know firsthand every dating app and site that's out there. Like you don't want you don't want a dating coach who married her high school sweetheart, you know, cuz how would you know how to date? You want a dating coach who's dated. Exactly.
0: That's so I also that's kind of how I feel about taking advice from different friends where it's mm-hmm. you know it's okay well you're in this one you know you've dated one person so Right, exactly. Funny, but, like, that's not really helpful when I'm trying to navigate with other, these waters that are very turbulent. And
1: exactly. And I think sometimes people incorrectly equate marriage with knowledge of dating because that's, that couldn't be further. I mean, some people are very knowledgeable about dating. But, like you said, if someone's only dated one person in their life, yeah, they're not really the person to give you advice on Tinder. Yeah. You know? <laughs>
0: oh, dude, Tinder is insane. Dude, I, yes.
1: <laughs> I tried to I so I
0: was I feel like I just I don't even know how. I joined Tinder a couple of weeks ago and then this past Sunday I hit my last straw because I matched with this guy and we exchanged messages and then I gave him my phone number. Then he texted me. He was like, "Hey Rebecca, it's blah blah blah. Uh my wife is not home right now. Do you want to come over? Hope that's not a deal breaker." And then I said, oh, and, and sir, it is in fact a deal breaker." I said, "Are you in an open relationship?" And he said, "I know the answer should be yes, but I'm not in an open relationship." And then I said, "You should just get divorced instead of cheating on your wife." And then he said, "Is that a no?" I said, "Oh my god, a no,
1: yeah, but th- I mean, that's not Tinder's fault. That's this guy's fault. But I mean, there were so—I mean, I
0: think maybe two in the pandemic. Now I think there's a—I've seen so many more married." people who don't show their faces, that's like a new trend I've seen. And then there's, I mean, especially in San Francisco, there's a lot of polyamorous.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's not that's there. I mean, that's everywhere now.
0: Yeah. So it's just.
1: Yeah. I mean, and you have to read profiles carefully now because I noticed, and I, I posted this in my Instagram a few times, people use acronyms now that I sometimes think people use them knowing that other people either don't know what they mean or gloss over them without Really reading it. So, like ENM, for example, is ethically non monogamous. A lot of people, yeah, a lot of people are just writing ENM in their profile. And if you don't know what that means or you don't take the time to figure it out, you might swipe right on that person, but not want to. I thought that was music. So, good. I think that the, is that EDM or E? I
0: I wonder how many. I've talked to somebody I'm just thinking they like that music. Oops. uh huh. That's, that's hilarious. <laughs> Are there any other acronyms that I need to write down right now? I'm going to do a little glossary or like um, ABC.
1: Yeah, talk. let's see. Oh, well, there's GGG. Oh, yeah. What is that? That's good giving and game. So Dan Savage coined that and it's basically a sexual term, which look, should be how everyone is in sex, but I don't I wouldn't recommend putting it in your profile. So like good, like you're good with sex, I guess giving as in you're giving during sex and game for most things that are consensual. Like I didn't explain that very well, but it's such a turn off for many women when a guy has that in his profile because that leads a woman to think like all he's thinking about is sex. And the thing is you want someone with those qualities, but you don't want them to list it up front. Yeah. Whereas I'm not telling women to do this, but if a woman had GGG, men would be all over them. Oh, yeah. Because they know she's thinking about sex. So that is not a recommendation put it. It's just an outcome. I would never.
0: No. Okay. Roger that. Not the Golden Gate Bridge.
1: <laughs> oh my god! I, I can picture you being like, Erica. Guess what? I have a date with this guy who's into ENM and loves the Golden Gate Bridge. I think it's a match. <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> two for
0: two. We have so much in common. <laughs> Ugh, okay. Wow. All right. Are there any other acronyms? <laughs> to yeah, I mean, okay.
1: Well, it's funny because then there are some totally innocuous ones like. I I think I hate this one. It's so stupid. It's just like H-M-U, hit me up. Like, or H-B-U, how about you? So like when you mix all those in there, you know, some are nothing. Some actually mean something. (laughs) You got to pull out the glossary. (laughs) So funny. I've been noticing so many funny profiles too where they
0: say like, be passionate, like be like be your own person, or you know, like they're like you need to have like your own life and be your own.
1: I, 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 I don't take orders. Like leave me alone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm none of that. Of I've been I've been collecting a few that are are just mean. That'll be in a, a future post. One says I don't like to curse, but one says please don't be a a blank a effing bore. <laughs> hmm. That's, that's the profile. That's, oh, that's it? Okay. I mean, if that's not
0: attractive, I don't know what is. I like when they say, I like when they say something like, be more creative than just saying hi. If you, don't say, if you just say hi, I'm going to ignore your message.
1: Okay, that's nice. It's a waste of space. Yeah, I don't have any others right now. This other
0: one I saw when I was on Tinder briefly, it said, if you don't message me within 48 hours, then I will, cons- I will unmatch you. <laughs> Why are there so many threats
1: going on on this? Platform. I do understand that one I would never recommend putting it because it's negative and rude but I do understand that like you want to connect with someone quickly.
0: Yeah but they could also reach out because it's Tinder. You can he can message too.
1: That's true. I mean yes <laughs> neither here nor there
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I want to get to the heart of the matter. I want to talk about flirting because okay. I think this art of flirting has died during this pandemic. This is my working theory. Okay. Before I feel like, at least personally, dates are really fun and light and you kind of can just, I don't know, just talk about silly things and can can dabble and go into deep things if you want to. But during this pandemic, I feel like everyone is kind of just has a hangover of sorts where just everything is just heavy and nothing's really fun. I mean, yesterday I talked to a guy on a and I was like, oh, I like fun games. And he was like, what kind of games? Can you please list them? And I'm like, oh my God, this is such a, just why is everything just not fun right now? I feel like everyone's forgot the art of flirting. So I was hoping you could give us some tips and tools and tricks on just a flirting
1: one-on-one of sorts. Oh boy. Sure. I mean, I don't know if it's pandemic induced, but I think some people cannot flirt. I think you're always going to find the guy who wants you to list in alphabetical order your board games of choice, whether there's a pandemic or not. It's true. Okay. That's probably. Color-coded. <laughs> no. What is your favorite board game?
0: Oh,
1: I mean, probably Come on. probably chess.
0: Chess. Tell me more. Are you good? No. I used to play online a lot like when I was little. I don't know. My dad and I used to play chess a lot. I also like Monopoly because it takes a long time so that if it's just like a bonding experience. We can save the game over multiple times.
1: So if we ever play Monopoly, you're not going to just like let me win, right? Oh, no.
0: Very competitive.
1: Okay. Got it. Yeah. So I was trying to flirt with you just there. Oh. I don't know how it went. I think not that well considering <laughs> you didn't know. But I was, I was trying to showcase what mon- one might do. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I guess I'm glad. Thank you. So keeping it light helps not delving into heavy subjects. I was trying to tease you with the, you're not going to let me win, right? I don't play Monopoly, so I don't even know what like, the right lingo is for Monopoly. Like you'll let me pass go, right? <laughs> but so just being playful. So less focused on, I mean, you want to learn about the other person, but not at the expense of not having an enjoyable light conversation. So while it's interesting that you play chess and Monopoly, I want to see if we have any rapport. Do you find me funny? Do I find you funny? Are you laughing? Am I laughing? Do we have awkward silences or not? So that stuff is way more important on a first date than do we have all of the same hobbies in life. I think some people get weighed down by that stuff where they want to put the cart before the horse and it gets so laden with like, well, how many children do you are you kidding me? No. Like, you don't like each other. You're not having
0: kids and it's a moot point. Also, like your first day it's just like everyone needs to just pump the brakes, chill out. Just chill out. Just have fun yeah. with a person that you don't know and learn a
1: little right. about them. That's really exactly it. and just just have a conversation. That should be the point. So, flirting is not like there are some, t- well, so on Zoom, it's a little harder because you lose a dimension. You lose that dimension of touch. Mm-hmm. You can't accidentally rub knees with somebody. <laughs> you can't reach over and touch someone's arm. Oh, that was really funny. You know, whatever. You can't say, oh, what cologne are you wearing? It smells really good. So, you have to find other ways. So, maybe that means, again, setting up your Zoom in front of something that's interesting to you so you can talk about something, I can ask you. So, like, what is that picture behind you?
0: Isn't it so pretty?
1: It's so pretty. (laughs) What is
0: it? Oh, it's of the seasons.
1: Okay. That is really pretty. But do you have all four seasons there? No. So is that why you like it so much? Yes, because I avoid actual winter. What's your favorite season?
0: Fall. How come? It's so fun. Pumpkins
1: <laughs> and carving and Thanksgiving. It's so fun. Are you like a master jack-o'-lantern carver? No. You seem like. No, I know I give okay. off the with you. Is it working? Yeah, much. <laughs> <picked> it up. <laughs> so it's just like making yeah. banter, yeah. making conversation. It's not saying like, why did you move to San Francisco if you like all four seasons and doesn't have it? it it's not like, where do you see yourself settling in life? What are you it's looking like, for? Yeah. What are you looking for? It's how do you carve a jack-o'-lantern? Yeah. Yeah. Keep it light. I like that. Mm-hmm. Smile. I know that sounds like the most common sense advice I could give, but so many people get so serious that they forget that it's supposed to be fun. You know, a date is fun. And so many people make it this chore, but when it comes down to it, you're already making, you're already taking the time out of your life. So you might as well enjoy it a little bit. Mm -hmm. Smile. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. And what would you recommend for people who haven't been
0: dating, who are going to get back into it, like should to pace themselves? Because I know some people can get burned out, like one date a week or like, you know, what kind of this rule of thumb?
1: I can't answer that. It's more, you have to find the point at which like the threshold before which you go nuts. So for some people, that could be a date every day. For some people, that could be one a week. Everybody is different. And so it really depends on the person. I told two clients yesterday, I called it the rolling three. I just made this up yesterday. But where they both get overwhelmed really a lot of my clients do but they get overwhelmed really easily because they'll open an app and see matches and uh, and conversations and I don't want to answer this I'm just going to close it and I don't want that for them and so I told them to have a rolling three people they're talking to if they always have three things lined up whether it's three Zoom dates or three phone calls or a date and two Zoom dates, whatever it is it's three if they don't like one of them fine. Then they're allowed to go back out and pursue someone else. But they have three on the calendar, call it a day at that point. Because anything more than that is way too overwhelming.
0: I love that too, because it basically minimizes endless swiping and you're not doing it when you're bored. And you're also correct. You're also not getting into that trap of there's always someone better. There's always better, 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 blah, 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 where it's like you're right insatiable appetite where you're never going to be satisfied.
1: Exactly. So this is actually kind of funny. Interestingly enough, I gave two clients the same advice because I very much like these two clients, but they're similar in that they get overwhelmed eas- easily and and they already know I say this, but neither gets back to me in a timely fashion when, when we text <laughs> and it annoys me. And so I ended up just setting them up on a date, which I don't usually do, but I, but I told them why. I said, you're both kind of flaky. Can I set you up on a date? <laughs> they went, it wasn't a match, but I was I was kind of, <laughs> of, <laughs> kind of proud of my- <laughs> yeah. were they, were they anyway, late? Were either of them late? Oh, they rescheduled like four times. Oh I, I mean, <laughs> that's what I get. <laughs> but you're absolutely, absolutely right. Like you can't get into this swipe, swipe, swipe when you're bored, when you're watching TV, when you're in the bathroom. If you have three lined up, you're done. Be content. See how they go. If all three go well, there's no need. We're not. Trying to collect matches or dates, we're trying to find a good connection. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's the good part too. It's like you just need one. Well, unless you're polyamorous, then you can do whatever you want. But
1: okay, yeah, for that's me, true. I'm just
0: looking for one
1: for other people. Well, right. And I don't know if this answers your question or not, but it's advice I gave to the, wo- the same person, the woman of the two. I asked her why she liked certain apps over others. I noticed she was gravitating towards certain things. And she said, well, it's kind of low investment. And I said, is that what you want? You meet someone and someone asks what you liked about him. And you said, well, he was low investment. (laughs) And that really hit home with her that she has to put in the work. Mm -hmm. And I think that'll hit home with a lot of people. And she actually texted me last night that she went on a great date, just walking in in a park. And it was so good that she could see that her hard work pays off. Is she going to go on terrible dates? Yeah. Is she going to go on other good ones? Yeah. Yeah. It's all part of the process. I totally agree. I think it's when you have those really good dates,
0: it's a good reminder of, oh, this is why I'm doing this because I have to kind of muddle through all these not so great ones because then that's the whole point of like, you can actually distinguish when a date is really good and that's what you're trying to achieve and find.
1: Exactly. And I know a lot of people get down after bad dates, but it's like, you're gonna have bad dates. I mean, that's just the nature of it. You just have to remember that your dating life is not just as good or bad as your last date. Mm-hmm. Cumulative mm-hmm. process. And it's
0: just always just strike, you know, one less thing to one less person to,
1: you know, go out. With. Absolutely. Look, if you're going to hit it off with one out of every X number of people, I don't know what X is. That could be number two or number X. We don't
0: know. Yeah, exactly. So I
1: asked on Instagram,
0: I said that I was speaking with an expert such as yourself and to send me questions that are way above my pay grade. So, okay, this one says, how long do I need to wait after a long relationship ends to start dating again?
1: Is there any other context or is that the whole question?
0: That is the whole part. I assume they probably got out of a long-term relationship. Yeah,
1: I can't answer that question. There is no rule. There is no time I think there's an element of two things to help you get over someone, I think time and eventually someone else. But I know plenty of people who jump back online the next day. I think that's a mistake because you haven't processed anything. You haven't given, I really think you need to give yourself the time to mourn the relationship. I mean, no, it's not death, but it's the death of a huge part of your life. And you're going to feel lonely and you're going to feel sad in that time. And, I mean, now I do sound like a therapist. Like, Try to embrace those feelings because just going back online or or meeting someone else immediately doesn't get rid of that. It just is a Band-Aid over it. So I would take whatever time it is for you to assess what was great about the relationship. Assess what wasn't great because there were both. And heal a little bit. I mean, after a long-term relationship of mine ended, I took a year off from dating. And really worked on myself and worked on what I could have done better in the relationship, what he could have done better, what coulda, woulda, shoulda, got back to who I was, my my own hobbies that I had neglected, things like that. So that when I was ready to get back out there, I was a whole person and not just grieving. Mm-hmm. That's really good advice. Okay. This one says,
0: aside from the apps, how can you meet people to date with us all wearing masks? I've also been thinking about this a lot.
1: Well. Like I said earlier, I mean it's hard. I mean, it's per- I mean, I don't know how you would meet someone out and about because people aren't out and about. I mean, yeah, maybe you could pass an attractive person at a park or something, but yeah, you can't tell what they look like with the mask on. So <laughs> I don't, I don't have some crazy answer for that. Except you might need to stick to just online dating for a while. Now going on a date interestingly enough, I find that you have to be a little bit more communicative now in terms of what people are comfortable with. So let's say you are meeting someone at a park. Ask in advance, are we going to wear masks? Are we going to stand six feet apart? How do you feel about hugging? Which is the weirdest question, but it's relevant now. I mean, I've gone up to friends and said, are we hugging? And some say yes, and some say no. And that's fine. But you sort of have to play to the lowest common denominator, like the person who wants to keep their distance the most. Yeah, no, that's so true. Mask. Yeah, I've been on mask dates and unmasked dates. <laughs> so, oh. I mean, One guy told me, and I respected this, he said, I would like to kiss you. I should tell you I've kissed other people, <laughs> which sounds ludicrous when you think about it. But I really respected that because that way it was a risk that I was deciding whether to take or not. Yeah. That's good Yeah, I'm not telling you whether <laughs> I took it or not. <laughs> I took it. Did he get a certificate? <laughs> yes, actually. <laughs>
0: uh, anywho. Anywho. Okay. Also, this is not related, but it's kind of funny that I was thinking about earlier today. So initially I was like, oh, masks, like you can't really tell. But then I was thinking... Guys actually look more attractive in masks now because they're mysterious, more, more, more unavailable. I'm like, oh, I like them more because I don't, they seem so elusive. Oh, that is funny. Because I just like people who don't like me. So I'm like, this is great. Um, oh. It's a terrible, I'm trying to break it, believe
1: me. <laughs> well, I guess it's a good time, you know, if you don't like certain facial features, we can cover them. It's a great time to be a ventriloquist. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, one of, my, one of my next guests, on the podcast is going to be a makeup artist because I was trying to think about for first dates accentuating your eye makeup because what a great idea. So I'm going to be having her on and then also try to figure out some other flair for first dates because we have such limited options. I think
1: that's a great idea. Yeah. So we'll see.
0: Okay. How do I give advice to a single friend when you see red flags or mistakes that she's making?
1: Well, if she asks you for advice then you can tell her what you might think. If not, that's a tough one. Some people take to critiques well, some do not. If you really want to tell her what she's doing wrong, ask her, as I do with all of my clients, do I have permission to be honest? And remember, this is just your opinion. I mean, while red flags, I might agree with you, they are subjective. So just assess your friendship, See how important it is. I understand the frustration, though, if someone, I had a friend once come to me and ask me, she asked me what she was doing wrong or what she could fix about herself. And it made me feel really uncomfortable because she's not a person who takes criticism well. And it's my job. But she begged me. I said, no, 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 no. And she begged me, begged me. And I, and then finally I said, you could whiten your teeth. And she got really angry with me. <laughs> she begged me. Yeah. And so I would just, I can't answer that question, but do not give unsolicited advice without preparing the other person and asking if you can. Yeah, that's good advice. I wish more people would take that.
0: Me that's too. All I'll say, <laughs> We'll do a couple more. How or when should I bring up that my fiance passed away from cancer? Guys always run away.
1: If they run away, that's a, that's a them problem, not a you problem. And so if, if that is enough to scare someone away, that you've had this happen to you, that's not your person. So I would say when you're comfortable enough with a person that you know he or she likes you for you, that's when you can open up. Not just about this, about anything that's personal to you. But remember, if you tell someone something and 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 they run away, that's not your person.
0: Mm-hmm. I hope the person listens to this. And here's your. Answer. Me too. Okay, let's see. Is it rude? This actually kind of relates to your first story. Is it rude to expect the man to pay on a first date? So,
1: Such a tough one. I know.
0: I'm so conflicted
1: on that. Either thing I say, I get flack for. So I tell my male clients to pay and I tell my female clients to offer. I, I know there are two competing things, equality and chivalry. I think they're different. So even though as a woman, I want to be equal, I also like to be treated. And I think many women feel that way. So are you entitled to get it paid for? No. But is it a nice gesture? Yes. If he doesn't pay for it, does that mean he's cheap? No. It means his last date probably didn't want him to pay. And he's doing exactly the same thing, thinking that all women are the same. But they are not. So I would be prepared to pay if need be. But I agree with you. You know, I maybe it's old fashioned, but I think it's a really nice gesture when the guy pays. Not because I did anything to earn it, but because it's nice. But ask, would you like me to contribute in a nice, genuine way? If he says yes, you got to be prepared to contribute. If he says no, great, everybody wins. And then always make sure you say thank you because it's the guy's number one pet peeve when they don't feel appreciated. So if they pay and you say nothing... You're not going, he's not asking you out again. Yeah, I agree with that.
0: I will say too, I've heard a lot of guys say, or they complain, oh, dating's really expensive. I'm like, but you don't have to be taking, for me, it's like, I just go to a dive bar and like get a beer. Yeah, know? or for yeah.
1: now, take like a walk in the park. Yeah. Like, or just do a
0: Zoom date and it's free. Like I feel like sometimes yeah. people are- then you
1: drink your, your cocktail on your own. Yeah, I mean, you have to pick a place that you're comfortable, like don't pick a place out of your price range if if you don't want it to be expensive. Yeah, dive bar is fine. Yeah.
0: I think it's also the price of entry. Like you're going to have to pay for dates. I'm going to have to pay for dates. Like everyone's just going, it's kind of, if you want a date, that's yeah. how it works. It's just, you know, yeah.
1: And I would bet that women pay more on their grooming than you yeah, do. Exactly. So In the I mean, end, it probably evens yeah, out. <laughs> exactly. They probably owe us money. Um, right? I mean, eyebrows cost something. Uh, yeah, they're not going to wax themselves. So
0: <laughs> come on, people. <laughs> Throw us a bone here. Just buy us literally a coffee. Come on, that's all. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Did you hear that, Kluge boy? Okay. I hope he listens too. I hope he just like actually. I hope that he mails your pan back. Shows you a. Oh my
1: pan god! Back. Wouldn't that be amazing if I just got a baking dish in the mail? No, that would creep me out because I've probably moved five times since. Then. Okay, yeah, if
0: he finds your address, that's a little creepy.
1: Yeah, that would be too much. <laughs> Well,
0: Erica, this has been so much fun. I feel like this flew by, and we covered a lot of territory today.
1: We yeah, have. I'll try. I'll try not to flirt with you without your knowledge again. <laughs> um, <and> where <laughs> Where can people find you on the socials? Everything is at a little nudge. So my website, a little nudge. Instagram, which is hilariously bad dating messages and profiles with advice is at a little nudge and then my podcast is so we met online. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again and we'll have to have you come back. Yeah,
0: it's super fun.
1: Thank you.